Hello, and welcome to Radio IAGP. My name is Implausibly Josh, and let's go ahead and get started. Before we get into the emails, I would like to talk about some of the games I've been playing, and really the game I've been playing the most of is Star Trek Online. Uh, I've been re-watching old episodes of Enterprise, and I've been watching Picard as it comes out, and I thought that maybe I didn't have enough Star Trek going on in my life, so I also bought the Star Trek uh, Adventures tabletop role-playing game and started playing Star Trek Online again. I think I played maybe a few years ago at some point, uh, definitely before all of the cool Discovery stuff got added recently, and it's a... it's fun. I like it a lot. I like being able to make my own character and make my own ship, and it's a good it's a good time. And it scratches that itch of wanting more Star Trek stuff in my life, and is also kind of a really nice thing to drop in and drop out of, you know, every few days or so. But let's get into it with our questions. If you have a question, please send it into fanmail at implausiblyaverage.live or go to bit.ly slash radioiagp. That's a capital R, capital I-A-G-P, no spaces. Uh, Our first question here today is from Matt Calder, who says, So everyone knows the truest gamers play games of all types, especially those of the tabletop variety. What are your favorite tabletop RPGs, and what would you recommend for someone looking for something that's not the world's oldest role-playing game? I'll work backwards on these questions and say that I think if you're looking for something that's not Dungeons & Dragons, it's all talk, it's it's Dungeons & Dragons, that's what's being referenced here. If you're not looking for something that's Dungeons & Dragons, but is like Dungeons & Dragons, and you're wanting to play as a wizard, or a fighter, or a bard, or whatever, I think that going into Dungeon World is really cool, and I think it also opens yourself up to thinking more about how tabletop role-playing games can be. My favorite thing about Dungeon World is that it's powered by the apocalypse, and so it has this concept of moves where basically you, as a player, narrate what you want to do in some way. Say like, hey, I really want my, you know, something as simple as I want to swing my sword and uh, hit this dude in the chest with it, or whatever. And then... Instead of it being like a like rolling table, right, where you're like, all right, well, I have to roll against AC and all this stuff. It's more of you say the thing. Now we have to roll the dice and determine how well do you do the thing that you said that you that your character wants to do. It can also be it. Uh, and that applies to everything in the game. So, for instance, you can also say the same thing like, all right, well, we're having this conversation with the inn. A keeper or whatever and i'm trying to haggle down so i'd like to say you're playing a bad a baddish person i'd like to threaten them and hope that i can get the price down well like you will have a move that says when you x y or z roll this and this will determine how this goes for you does it go well does it go poorly does it go okay but there are complications And it also kind of works by the idea of failing forward. So even if you, let's let's say you don't persuade this person, other avenues of opportunity might open itself up or at least be given to you because you have failed that role. So not only does it hit that same vibe in terms of setting with Dungeon World and D&D, I think they're very similar, Uh, not exactly the same, but similar and kind of what to expect out of this out of the setting that you're playing in i think that it allows a lot it allows for a lot more communication and i guess narrative agency from the characters because they can just say 
things. They can either happen, or they can just say things, and then, you know, the dice determine if it happens or not, as opposed to having, you know, tables upon tables of roles and things that you need to remember, or the GM needs to remember, in order for things to move smoothly. And then to talk about my favorite tabletop RPGs, um, it's been a while since I played anything but D&D, um, but I have purchased a bunch of tabletop RPGs and read through them. So I can talk about some of the ones that I think are most interesting and the ones that I am absolutely dying to play more than anything. Um, I think first off, uh, the thing I really, 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 really want to play is Worlds in Peril. Uh, I want to play it so badly that at one point I was tossing around the idea of trying to convert the rules of Worlds in Peril to a play-by-post method so that I could build a you know free message board to then play with people like that's how desperate i was to play that game and basically it's a powered by the apocalypse game that deals exclusively with superheroes there's another game called masks that's similar i think that masks focuses a lot more on like the dichotomy of the superhero and a um you know the mask they wear so the um the secret identity and that personality and then also the superhero personality and how those can clash. And while I think that's a very cool concept, not necessarily what I want right off the bat from a superhero tabletop game. So I think Worlds in Peril makes a little bit more sense for that. It's basically just, for me, at least me me reading that game, it definitely kind of takes the ideas of something like a dungeon world and just makes them fit the like nonsense of a DC or a Marvel comics and all of the weird baggage that that stuff holds. Like, you know, weird rules for, you know, having doppelgangers and all that stuff. Like, that's kind of the thing I'm, I'm there for is a bunch of the nonsense and telling those human stories and having fun with the characters, but doing so in a game world that, and with rules that are explicitly like, Dude, comic books are nonsense. Superhero comics are just nonsense that, you know, have all these weird things. There's a million different Earths. There's a million different universes. There's all types of weird stuff that could happen. And we're going to roll with that. And I think that that's what's super appealing to me about that system. Another system that I'm dying to play is Interstitial. Uh, I've been... I've, I purchased the game a while ago, and I'm just now listening through some of the uh, actual play podcast by the person who wrote the game and a Kingdom Hearts podcast uh, that is like a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast, at least as far as I'm aware. I may, be not, I may not have all the details right on that, but Interstitial is cool because it is basically a tabletop game that makes it so that you can run your own Kingdom Hearts game on w- with whatever. So... You could have it be all Disney properties and go to, you know, Disney worlds that aren't explored in the Kingdom Hearts games. Or you could just go in completely bonkers directions that have no real connection one way or another. If you want to go to Power Rangers world and then instantly go to, you know, something like High School Musical World where they did that opposite in the interstitial actual play. But that's something you could do. And I think that that's really interesting. Um, I think that. There was something I read about, I think, people who were talking about the game as they were doing Kickstarter stuff for it, and something that was said about how it's very much about taking, like, self-indulgent 
fanfic qualities and making it into a fun game that you can play with friends who are also down to be self-indulgent and have those fanfic uh, fan fiction qualities like brought about in a, in a game. And I think that's incredible. That just is a very cool thing to just say right off the bat is that, hey, this is going to play like you are playing the game version of a f- uh, fan fiction that you may have written when you were 12 and very into Kingdom Hearts and your self-insert character really wanted to talk to Sora or Goofy or Donald or Mickey or whoever. And as a concept, I find that very interesting and very fun as someone who has definitely tried to like capture the appeal of certain things like Dragon Ball Z or Joseph's Bizarre Adventure into my own little fan tabletop games. Reading through interstitial and reading through those comments and seeing that this game really is the embodiment of a a fun, indulgent fan fiction uh, come to life into a game, I think is very fun. And that's something I definitely want to play. Sasha asks, while scrolling through Steam, I ran into the store page for Dead or Alive Extreme Venus Vacation and saw all the content in that game. And all I could say is, geez, wowie zowie, what the few. Uh, what game series deserves a new horny spinoff guidance series? I've been thinking about this question a lot since I saw it in the, in my inbox, and I think as I was coming down to sit back down and record, I've decided that it's Yakuza, and I will not be taking any more uh, questions about that at this time. Brian asks, what video game world would you turn into a movie, and what movie would you turn into a video game? I think video game world to turn into a movie, uh, I think... Well, I I would have said Pokemon, but Detective Pikachu already showed that that's possible, so it's out for me. But the next video game world, I think, would be, I think something action-y, like a uh, Devil May Cry would work. You know, I could see that being a kind of, like, heavily inspired by the Matrix movies, and with real focus on action and how cool it would look. I think that would work really well. And I think that you could do some really cool things with some of those monsters with either, uh, especially if you did some really cool, um, uh, I can't think of the word, but when it's not CG for effects, um, practical effects, there we go, I figured it out. Uh, But I think like a practical effects, you know, focus on like combat and action movie version of Devil May Cry, of the Devil May Cry games, I think would work really well. And then what movie would I turn into a video game? Uh, I've talked a lot. It's not a movie, but it's a TV show. But one of the things I think about a lot is how the the TV show 24 would work really well in the same type of structure as a Metal Gear Solid 5. Imagine that engine or that like gameplay, but in like, I don't know, seven square city blocks or something like that, I think would work really well. doesn't necessarily have to be 24 because there's a lot of baggage with that series. Um, but something like that. You're solving a mystery, high action, guns, stuff like that. And you're trying to solve this mystery and this problem within a set time limit. And you have X amount of area to investigate. And that's it for whatever reason. Uh, I'm not a gameplay writer or a game writer. So I don't know how you would necessarily make that work. Um, and, and justify it to the player. But I think it could totally work. And I think that would be really neat. And then you have it set up where, let's say you do it kind of in a 24 mold, you have these time frames that you have, you know, let's say in-game time. You have in-game, whatever the in-game equivalent of 24 hours would be. 
and then you will you have to solve the problem by any means necessary uh by by the end of the day or solve the mystery solve the problem whatever and then you have multiple days in the same you know uh group of like buildings or maybe move it to somewhere else um if i bet that there's some way to maybe even make something like weirdly procedurally generated in that sense i bet that would be really fun and i know that's a tv show so it doesn't quite answer your question but that's something i've always thought about but for a movie into a video game hmm i think if we lived in a world where we still had games that were based on movies like tie-in games especially i think that in an alternate universe where that was still a thing that was still very popular to do and profitable to do i think that we would have seen an into the spider-verse tie-in game that would have been either very bad and like not even a little bit like into the spider-verse or it would have been like genuinely good like a i know it's another spider-man uh movie and game but like spider-man two levels of oh no this game is actually like legitimately good even if it is this tie-in game and i know that there are other spider-man games that have dealt with like alternate realities and different spider-man or spider-men excuse me um spider-mans and uh i know that those games weren't great i remember playing them and not having a fun time with them but i i definitely feel that given the right direction even if it isn't like this open world adventure type thing i think that you could craft something very cool with that story and with that universe that they've created and then um i i don't know inception tie-in game i think would be just dumb and bad but i would love to play it if that was a thing that existed and finally sasha asks What's the next porn game that is going to truly break through to a mainstream audience? America's obsessed with porn, even if we don't admit it. The whirlwind that came from Honey Pop, even with the developers being incredibly problematic, and seeing big brands dump cash into games like KFC's Moist Colonel Sanders Adventure for even the prospect of possibly fucking the mascot. When are we going to see something truly erotic hit mainstream success? Uh, this is a good question, Sasha. Um, I think that the only way we're going to get a game to hit the mainstream in a, in a hard way, in a way that, like, isn't just a gimmick, you know? Like, you know, visual novels were our thing. And the only reason why it was um, a big deal was uh, for the KFC one was because it, you know, is this thing that uh you know this giant corporation you know poured money into and it's really strange to think about the phrase kfc developed a visual novel that's whole hook was you know trying to make colonel sanders very sexy and someone you would want to date and or bone so i think the way you do the way you break uh you know explicitly erotic or porn game into the mainstream market I think is if you make it like or market it, I guess, maybe not even make the game this way. But if you market this game, that's just full on pornography, full on erotica, whatever. I think if you market it as the next big art game or whatever, I think that's how you do it. I think that's the way it crosses into the mainstream, because if you think about it, I agree with your premise that America is obsessed with porn, right? I think, you know, porn is this huge industry, but you would never say even a pornography that you know did really well 
you know, you would never say that it broke into the mainstream regardless of how well it did, because, you know, it's not going to be talked about like that success isn't going to be talked about on the Today Show or whatever. And I don't think that they see it as like an artistic medium that is worthy of being talked about. So I think the thing uh, and this can also be said for stuff like on on game websites, right? Like, I don't think any games website is really talking about, um, you know, pornographic or erotic games outside of it being like a like a like you're looking at it at the zoo or something. They're not invested in it. They're just looking at it from afar and going, look at these games. Look at how horny they are or whatever. So I think the way that you make it mainstream is you make these people realize that it is art, right? Because I don't think they think it is an artistic form currently. So you make them think it's art, and that's how you break into the mainstream. All right, and with that question, we are done with Radio IAGP. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to everyone who sent in a question. If you would like to send in any questions uh, for our next episode, you can do so at fanmail at implausiblyaverage.live, or you can go to bit.ly slash radio iagp that's capital r capital iagp no spaces goodbye and i'll see you all next monday